0: Hello, thank you for listening to Art History at Bedtime. My name is Bendel Grosvenor. This story is the life of Masaccio, who was born in 1401 and died in 1428. It was first published in 1568 by Giorgio Vasari as part of his Lives of the Eminent Painters, Sculptors and Architects. This translation was published in 1888 by Elizabeth Foster. When nature has called into existence a genius of surpassing excellence in any vocation, it is not her custom to leave him alone. On the contrary, she for the most part gives life to another, created at the same time and in the same locality, whence the emulation of each is excited, and they mutually serve as stimulants one to the other. And this, in addition to the great advantage derived from it by them who thus united, Make their efforts in common has the further effect of wakening the minds of those who come after them and who are excited to labor with the utmost zeal and industry for the attainment of that glorious reputation and those honors which they daily hear ascribed to their distinguished predecessors. And that this is true we find proved by the fact that Florence produced at one and the same time Filippo, Donato, Lorenzo. Paolo Uccello and Masaccio, each most excellent in his peculiar walk, and all contributing to banish the coarse and hard manner which had prevailed up to the period of their existence. Nor was this all, for the minds of those who succeeded these masters were so effectually inflamed by their admirable works that the modes of production in these arts were brought to that grandeur and height of perfection which are made manifest in the performances of our own times. We then, of a truth, have the greatest obligation to those masters who, by their labours, first taught us the true path by which to attain the highest summit of perfection, and, as touching the good manner in painting, most especially are we indebted to Masaccio, since it was he who, eager for the acquirement of fame, First, attain the clear perception that painting is no other than the close imitation, by drawing and colouring simply, of all the forms presented by nature, exhibiting them as they are produced by her, and that whosoever shall most perfectly effect this may be said to have most nearly approached the summit of excellence. The conviction of this truth, formed by Masaccio, was the cause, I say of his attaining to so much knowledge by means of perpetual study, that he may be accounted among the first by whom art was, in a great measure, delivered from rudeness and hardness. He it was who taught the method of overcoming many difficulties, and led the way to the adoption of those beautiful attitudes and movements never exhibited by any painter before his day, while he also imparted a life and force to his figures, with a certain roundness and relief, which render them truly characteristic and natural. Possessing extreme rectitude of judgment, Masaccio perceived that all figures not sufficiently foreshortened to appear standing firmly on the plane whereon they are placed, but reared up on points of their feet, must needs be deprived of all grace and excellence in the most important essentials, and that those who so represent them prove themselves unacquainted with the art of foreshortening. It is true that Paolo Uccello had given his attention to this subject and had done something in the matter which did to a certain extent lessen the difficulty, but Masaccio, differing from him in various particulars, managed his foreshortenings with much greater ability, exhibiting his mastery of this point in every kind and variety of view and succeeding better than any artist had done before him. He moreover imparted extreme softness and harmony to his paintings, and was careful to have the carnations of the heads and other nude parts in accordance with the colours of the draperies, which he represented with few and simple folds, as they are seen in the natural object. This has been of the utmost utility to succeeding artists, and Masaccio deserves to be considered the inventor of that manner, since it may be truly affirmed that the works produced before his time should be called paintings, but that his performance, when compared with those works, might be designated life, truth, and nature. The birthplace of this master was Castello San Giovanni in the Valdano, and it is said that some figures are still to be seen there which were executed by Masaccio in his earliest childhood. He was remarkably absent and careless of externals, as one who, having fixed his whole mind and thought on art, cared little for himself or his personal interests, and meddled still less with the affairs of others. He could by no means be induced to bestow his attention on the cares of the world and the general interests of life, insomuch that he would give no thought to his clothing, nor was he ever wont to require payment from his debtors until he was first reduced to the extremity of want. And for all this, instead of being called Tommaso, which was his name, he received from everyone the cognomen of Masaccio, by no means for any vice of disposition, since he was goodness itself, but merely from his excessive negligence and disregard of himself, for he was always so friendly to all so ready to oblige and do service to others, that a better or kinder man could not possibly be desired. Masaccio's first labours in art were commenced at the time when Masolino de Panicale was working at the chapel of the Blancacci in the Church of the Carmine at Florence, and he sought earnestly to follow in the track pursued by Donato and Filippo Brunelleschi, although their branch of art, being a sculpture, was different from his own his efforts being perpetually directed to the giving his figures a life and animation which should render them similar to nature. The outlines and colouring of Masaccio are so different from those of the masters preceding him that his works may be safely brought in comparison with the drawing and colouring of any produced in later times. Studious and persevering in his labours, this artist successfully coped with the difficulties of perspective, which he overcame most admirably with true artistic skill, as may be seen in a story representing Christ curing a man possessed by a demon, which comprises a number of small figures. In this work are buildings beautifully drawn in perspective, and so treated that the inside is seen at the same time the artist having taken the view of these buildings, not as presented in front, but as seen in the sides and angles, to the great increase of the difficulty. Masaccio gave much more attention than had ever been bestowed by previous masters to the foreshortening of his figures and the treatment of the naked form. He had great facility of handling, and his figures, as we have said, were of the utmost simplicity. But not finding himself at his ease in Florence, and stimulated by his love and zeal for art, the master resolved to proceed to Rome, that he might there learn to surpass others, and this he effected. But Masaccio, having received intelligence that Cosimo de' Medici, from whom he had received favour and protection, had been recalled from exile, again repaired to Florence. There, Masolini de' Panicale being dead, Masaccio was appointed to continue the paintings of the Brancacci Chapel in the Church of the Carmine, which had been left unfinished, as we have said, by the death of Masolino. Before entering on this work, our art is painted, as if by way of specimen, and to show, to what extent he had ameliorated his art, that figure of St. Paul, which stands near the place of the bell ropes, and it is certain that the master displayed great excellence in this work. For the figure of the saint has something in it so impressive, and is so beautiful and lifelike, that it seems to want nothing but speech. In this picture, Masaccio also afforded further proof of his mastery over the difficulties of foreshortening. The powers of this artist, as regards that point, were indeed truly wonderful, as may be seen even now in the feet of this apostle where he has overcome the difficulty in a manner that may well be admired, when we consider the rude ancient fashion of placing all the figures on the points of their feet. And this manner was persisted in even to his day, not having been fully corrected by the older artists. But remarkable above all the rest is the story which represents St. Peter, when, by command of Christ, He draws money to pay the tribute from the mouth of the fish. For besides that we have here the portrait of Masaccio himself, in the figure of one of the apostles, the last painted by his own hand with the aid of a mirror, and so admirably done that it seems to live and breathe. There is, moreover, great spirit in the figure of St. Peter, as he looks inquiringly towards Jesus." while the attention given to the apostles by what is taking place as they stand around their master, awaiting his determination, is expressed with so much truth, and their various attitudes and gestures are so full of animation that they seem to be those of living men. This chapel has indeed been continually frequented by an infinite number of students and masters for the sake of the benefit to be derived from these works, in which there are still some heads, so beautiful and lifelike, that we may safely affirm no artist of that period to have approached so nearly to the manner of the moderns as did Masaccio, to the truth of which we have testimony in the fact that all the most celebrated sculptors and painters since Masaccio's day have become excellent and illustrious by studying their art in this chapel. Among these may be enumerated Fra Giovanni da Fiesole, Fra Filippo, Filippino, who completed the work, Alesso Baldovinetti, Andrea del Castagna, Andrea del Verrocchio, Domenico del Ghilandaio, Sandro di Botticello, Leonardo da Vinci, Pietro Perugino, Fra Bartolomeo, Mariotti Albertinelli, and the sublime Michelangelo Buonarroti. Raphael of Orbino also made his first commencement of his exquisite manner in this place, and to these must be added Granaccio, Lorenzo di Credi, Ridolfo de' Gelandaio, Andrea del Sarto, Jacopo da Pontormo, Pierina del Vago, and Toto del Nunciata. All, in short, who have sought to acquire their art in its perfection, have constantly repaired to study it in this chapel." But although the works of Masaccio have ever been held in such high estimation, yet it is nevertheless the opinion, or rather the firm belief of many, that he would have done still greater things for art had not death which tore him from us at the age of twenty-six so prematurely deprived the world of this great master. If you have enjoyed these podcasts, please consider making a donation to Art History Link-Up, the charity which teaches the history of art to state school children in the UK. Art History Link-Up is continuing its classes online during the pandemic, but would benefit from all our help. Donation details can be found on their website, arthistorylinkup.org. Thank you.